0: I'm 15 years old and currently in the 10th grade. Last year I was acting for one of my school's productions as I go to this really artsy school in my city, so the turnout was pretty good. I had played a really small part who basically explains the plot. Anyhow, after I was done with the scene, me and a couple of the other actors had decided to go backstage. Behind our stage was this hallway. Most of the actors would just chill and wait for their scenes there. At the end of the said hallway was a door that would lead outside. I was chatting with a friend of mine when there was a knock at the door. We all froze. One of the seniors named Jay had asked what it was. We all started to stare out of the window of the door into the pitch black. I began to walk towards the door with Jay right behind me, then telling me to let him go out. I didn't really know what to do at that point. I guess I just really wanted to impress the other actors. I opened the door and looked upon the field. A really cool breeze then hit me in the face. There was another actor there named Kai that stood behind me as I looked around the door. I couldn't see anyone though, so I shut the door. All of the other actors were scolding me for opening the door. Anyhow, right after the end of the night, after the show had finished, I was waiting in the almost empty staff and student parking lot right outside for my mom to pick me up. I was listening to some music and looking around when I then saw something move right in the field. I turned my head to try and get a closer look of it and I could have sworn that I saw two people hiding right under a tree. One was holding what had looked like a baseball bat while the other just stood next to him. Once they had spotted me, I then yelled, Hey, what are you doing over there? They both did turned and then began to run towards me. I began to bang on the doors and was constantly looking right over my shoulder at the two of them. Luckily for me, one of the other actors had quickly opened the door and I then ran inside and told her to shut it. She did and then she began to ask me what was wrong. And I swear I could feel my stomach drop. Right at that moment, there was a loud bang on the door. We could now see that it was two fully grown men who appeared to be in their thirties. One was hitting the door with a metal baseball bat and the other was holding what looked to be a steak knife. Luckily, the actress, who I'll refer to as Taylor, began to dial 911 and then yelled that she was calling the cops. They had immediately bolted. When the cops arrived, they had searched under the tree. As it turns out, they had apparently been there since the start of the play based on the cigarettes and a pamphlet about the play that was found under it. What was shocking was that my name, along with two of my fellow actors, the main characters, were circled. It seemed like when they knocked on the door, they were hoping it was just one of those actors. I guess they thought we'd be an easy target or something, I don't know. I'm really grateful for Jay being behind me when I had opened the door. And please, whatever you do, always have someone nearby. You just don't know what's out there lurking in the darkness, just waiting for you. Be careful. I typically don't really like attention, yet since freshman year I've got nothing but admirers. It wasn't quite the dream though. I tend to attract guys that I find, for lack of a better word, gross and dumb. They have no idea about boundaries or hygiene. The people who I did like seemed to never feel the same. This one boy really stands out like a sore thumb because I had once told this story in a YouTube video. However, I was urged to delete it because of some of the information I said. This started when I was around 14 to early 15 years old. For some quick context, I'm autistic and I use a classroom called BMC. The classroom was made for kids who needed help with emotional issues, such as anger or depression. Now I only ever went to this classroom when I needed a break from all of the kids in the hectic classrooms or whenever I was agitated. I never really talked to anyone in the classroom other than the staff. There were always at least two or three teachers in there to make sure none of these kids went too crazy. Some were really chill but a lot of them were really crazy and hyper. I most of the time just listened to music while working. Because of this, I was shut off from the craziness and kind of just in my own little world. One day, though, one of these kids who will call Jack came out to my spot on the bus stop. I ride the special need bus because the regular ones are typically just a little too crazy or crowded for me. But the bus that I usually rode parked at the furthest end of the bus loop. So I normally just wait by the trees nearby while listening to music and singing. That's when who will call Jack then came up to me. I was kind of surprised. He said that he had a crush on me despite us never even talking prior to this point. That was one warning sign I ignored. The second was that he asked if I wanted to go to prom with him. He was a senior. What made it even worse was that when my bus finally showed, I gave him my number and told him bye. What he said back to me, well, made me want to vomit. He then said with no hesitations whatsoever. I love you. I'm not kidding. The literal minute that I sit down on the bus, he then starts spamming me with texts. At one point, I even muted his texts and they'd still blow up my phone. Eventually, I told my parents and the BMC manager what he was doing to me. They told me that he was 18 and that what he was doing could be considered illegal. I immediately blocked him on every single platform I owned. I really thought that would be the end of it but sadly not. He would occasionally try and talk to me yet again. At first, I tried to be nice about rejecting him, but by the third or fourth time, I just grew sick of it. I told him that if he kept it up, I was going to tell my parents and they would go to the police. He finally left me alone for a long time after that. This entire experience really taught me to trust my gut because he was literally trying to date a 14-year-old girl. I really hope that this tells you that no matter what, it's always okay to listen to your gut. Otherwise, you could end up in a very scary or really uncomfortable scenario. When I was about five years old, my school was doing the stranger danger talk with all of the students. Things like don't talk to strangers. If a car follows you, walk further back on the sidewalk and then walk the opposite way where the car is facing and how to get someone's turn signal to go off if you're in their trunk. Things like that. After school, I usually went to after school care. That is, unless my mom was going to be working late. In that case, then my grandparents would pick me up. This happened pretty often since my mom was a single badass mom of three who worked full-time as a charge nurse and was also battling cancer. I never really minded going to my grandparents' house so much, especially since they really spoiled me rotten. I had one of those Razor scooters that I would always ride up and down their driveway, as well as my uncle's because he lived next door. One day while I was playing in the backyard, I then heard the sound of my grandpa's truck leaving the driveway. I got really excited because I knew that I could now ride my scooter in the driveway. Normally I would go inside and tell my grandma because she would keep the front door open to keep an eye out on me, but I didn't want to waste any time since I didn't know when my grandpa would be back. I had quickly ran out of the gate right to the front yard, grabbed my scooter, and then started riding back and forth between my grandparents and uncle's driveway. A few minutes later, I had noticed a man at the end of the block. He had slowly started walking towards the house. The only reason he caught my attention as odd is because it was September in Texas, and it was really hot. I was wearing capris and a short-sleeved shirt, while the man had long pants and also a jacket on with the hood up. His hands were in his pockets, and his head was down. Thinking back to what we had been talking about at school, I'd started to get really nervous, but made another round to both driveways. The man had started walking faster now. I tried to justify it by thinking that maybe he'd been friends with my uncle or something. I mean, that really could have been a possibility. This time, I had only went up and down my grandparents' driveway, not my uncle's. The man was at the end of my uncle's driveway and started cutting across the grass heading directly for me. I threw my scooter to the ground and ran for the backyard. Once I was in the backyard I grabbed my dog and ran in the house because I guess in my five year old mind I was worried that my dog would get stolen by this man. Once I got inside I had ran to my grandma who was sitting on the couch. I asked her to go check if there was a man outside. She looked out the window and she said yes that he's walking the other way. I didn't tell her what happened and feared that I would get in trouble for not telling her I was out in the front yard in the first place. I'm so glad that our school talked to us about strangers because I honestly don't know if I would have reacted the same way without their talk. It took me a couple of months to be comfortable playing outside again, even in the backyard. When I did make an attempt to play out in the front, I decided to stay hidden in between my grandparents' and uncle's homes. One day while I was building a fort, I had noticed a car that was passing by my grandparents' house. It then slammed its brakes right in front of their house. I looked over and I noticed about two men right in the front of the car pointing at me. I took off for the backyard and then heard the car then peel out. I don't really know if they had bad intentions or not or maybe just wondering what I was doing. But that happening along with the creepy man was enough to terrify me into not playing outside for the next two years. For a five-year-old kid, I was terrified.
1: When I was around six, my parents divorced and my dad was soon given full custody, as my mom is an alcoholic and had racked up a few DUIs as such. Anyways, we, me, my younger sister and my dad, moved to a new neighborhood and we transferred to a nearby elementary school. The school was pretty close to my new house maybe five or seven or so blocks away, close enough to walk. But my sister and I, also a girl, were too young to walk alone. Sometimes her dad would walk us to school in the morning and then walk back. And less commonly, he'd walk to pick us up. Most of the time he would pick us up in his black Mazda. The way pickups work in my school was pretty common. We went out with our class, stood by our teacher and classmates and when a car pulled up, designated staff members would ask who the student was that they were going to pick up and then go find them with their class and escort them to their car. Seeing as my mom was in jail at this time, the only person who would ever pick us up was my dad. One day I was in the third grade and my sister was in first. We were outside waiting to be picked up. After being outside for only a few minutes, my little sister came over to me and said someone who wasn't dad wasn't a car to pick us up he said both of our names and they would found her first she said that he'd smile at her and told her our dad had told him to pick us up that afternoon but she said she wanted to find me first before she got in the car since she didn't recognize him thank god she did that our dad had always told us not to talk to strangers so i grabbed my teacher told her what had happened She got a really alarmed look on her face and told us to stay where we were while she told another teacher or something. Our dad arrived to pick us up a few minutes later, and we got home safely. We told him about it, and we all had a long talk about safety protocol. He asked my sister to describe the man and the car, and he called the police and gave them the best description he could. Although my sister was very young and wasn't very focused on important details like that, A few weeks later it happened again, but this time he said my name. My dad had given the school the same info he had given the police, but presumably he had multiple vehicles, because my sister had said that he had been in a red car and this one was black, similar to my dad's. I saw the black car and ran up to it, but luckily I caught a glimpse of the face before I opened the door and hopped in. He was middle-aged, really pale with a really angular face. We made eye contact and his mouth was smiling, but his eyes looked really wrong to me. Squinty and almost angry. I turned back towards the carpool assistant who delivered me to the car to alert her. But by the time I did, the car was gone and I couldn't give many details. My dad contacted the police again, but without a license plate, they weren't able to do much. The last time I saw him wasn't until months later. Near the end of our school year, I was walking home with a big group of kids that lived in my neighborhood, and he drove by us and slowed down the car to try to talk to us. I recognized his face immediately and alerted the other kids to run. Luckily, we are only about three houses down from where one of my friends lived, and we all piled into her house, concerning her parents significantly as we explained the situation. I never saw him again after that. My dad started dating my now stepmom and we moved to her neighborhood and switched schools shortly after. I still think about him occasionally though. His face was actually my dreams a few nights ago, which reminded me to write about my experience. Till this day, I'm now in my 20s. I don't know how he knew our names, how he knew anything about us really. Very freaking scary to think about. What would have happened to my tiny little sister? if she had gotten in the car with that man and what might have happened to me if I had. My biggest mistake in high school was agreeing to take a AP physics class with the seniors. I was a rising sophomore at the time, so when I walked into a class with kids much older than I was. My teacher sat me next to the only other person there that was close to my age. He was a freshman and his name was Josh. Josh was one of those people who gave off weird vibes. He had a sloppily shaven head, empty eyes, and eight warm skittles in class. He was short, but mean looking. And the instant I sat down next to him, my teacher ordered us to exchange numbers and tried to make us start talking. For some reason, I really really did not want to talk to him. I wasn't trying to be an a-hole, but he just scared me. Sitting next to him felt like what I can only describe as sitting next to a hungry dog while you're holding a piece of chicken. It felt like any second he would jump on me, even though he was a good six inches shorter than me. It really freaked me out that he had my phone number and name, even though I didn't know the kid. I had a feeling that him knowing literally anything about me was not good. Luckily he didn't talk to me for over a week, and after some time, I thought I was just being overjudgmental, and he was just a socially awkward kid. One day, about three weeks later, after I started the class with him, he talked to me. He asked something like, you're the girl that drives the uh, the F-150 right? And reluctantly I said, yeah. He then told me that cars were a hobby of his, and he had seen me driving and like my truck. Although I was caught a bit off guard, he seemed innocent, and nice, and we kind of became friends after that. He started texting me a lot after school, asking me a bit about myself, and sharing a bit about himself too. Like I said, the kid seemed innocent, but I still couldn't shake the feeling that I shouldn't be telling him anything about myself, and I should not be talking to him. The average conversation continued for a month or so, until one day, when I came home from work, I work at a restaurant about twenty minutes away from my house. So, when I turned my phone on to drive to work, I honestly wouldn't have turned wouldn't turn it back on. I honestly wouldn't turn it back on until I drove back home. As phones were prohibited at the restaurant. One week I came home at twelve after doing closing shift, and he had sent me several odd text they all consisted of i love you and i want to take you to homecoming and be my girlfriend they all rubbed me the wrong way he didn't seem to really be asking as much as he was demanding me to have a relationship with him that i wasn't comfortable with i ultimately zoned him and told him i was going to bed his response was no just no it freaked me the f out and made me really not want to go to class on Monday, but I had no choice and I had to go. He didn't text me for the rest of the weekend, and when I sulked into class on Monday, he gave me the same hungry dog stare from day one, and I ignored him the whole class. I practically ran when the bell rang, and when I got to my car in the student parking lot, I saw him watch me drive away from the sidewalk. It freaked me out more than I'd like to admit, so I called one of my guy friends and asked him if I could drive him home from school so I'd feel safer until creepy Josh would be less creepy. He agreed and we made an arrangement there and then. A lot of people thought I was overacting, but I just knew in my gut that I needed someone in the car with me, and this guy friend seemed like the right one. When I came home from work at 10ish Monday night, I opened my phone and saw more texts from Josh This time they were much more predatory than the night before as at night they were detailing how he would like me to perform sexual acts on him. I foolishly allowed this to happen for another couple of weeks. Still feeling uncomfortable in class when it finally hit a breaking point, Josh started sending me texts about how if I didn't love him, he had to die. At that point, I decided it was time to involve a dean but she did virtually nothing. She basically explained that Josh was special needs and to cut him some slack. Despite the predatory tone of the messages, she told me she would talk to him about it, but not to worry because he likely wouldn't do anything. I was infuriated and until my dad, who has his army of Italian brothers, who all decided to keep an eye on him, The creepy messages didn't get any worse and eventually they stopped after I blocked his number. That was when the really creepy stuff started. The cameras outside our houses kept picking up a person at night, someone very similar looking to Josh. This person kept knocking on the windows and looking into my car so my dad called the cops, who were actually awesome and kept a lookout on my house, for a while to deter the nightly visits. With a cop outside at night, the visit stopped and my work started getting calls from Josh asking when I was working. My manager ended up alerting security who threatened him to stop calling. Then Josh decided to start frequenting the restaurant where I worked at every day and leave paper cranes on the table saying, I love you with my name. And my new boyfriend's name isn't good for you, I am. He started following me to class, to my car, to work even though i pretended he wasn't there and i was still driving my 6 foot 3 guy home friend with me. i refused to leave my house without a group of people and debated skipping prom and becoming a hermit because he made me feel so unsafe anywhere. eventually my dad decided a restraining order would be a good idea and i did get one granted so he couldn't walk near me or contact me for 5 years. thankfully This finally caused the year-long nightmare to stop. I didn't see Josh again until my senior year, when I was walking down the hall with my friends. He saw me coming, stopped in his tracks, and slowly watched me walk past him with that same hungry dog look. That initially scared me the day I met him. You're probably wondering why he never got in any trouble when I contacted the dean and the police. Well, where I live, there's a bunch of laws that make it exponentially harder for someone with special needs to be punished for creepy behavior, even though they're just as capable to execute the behavior than the average person. The last time I saw Josh was on graduation, when I could have sworn he was the one in the front row waiting for me to get my diploma. Although it's possible he was there for someone else, a part of me knows he was there for me. If there's one thing I've learned from all of this, it's that this can happen to anyone i never thought this would happen to me until it did and it robbed me of my safety high school experience and peace of mind always trust your instincts in someone you are not required to be nice to anyone who makes you uncomfortable that led me to now i'm happy i'm in a serious relationship with an awesome guy and in a weird way i'm glad i was able to learn from this whole experience
0: I'm a female. I'm turning 19 years old this year, and the story happened when I was 15. When I was about 15 years old and just got into junior year, I had created my first Twitter account, which I deleted because of this story. Here's some information. I never told anyone my username or about my family or friends. My profile picture was just an avatar, so I didn't have any actual pictures of me on the account as for the location i said paris because i lived in the suburbs i didn't really have that many followers maybe about 20 or 30. i also didn't really follow that many people so my timeline was not really that interesting on one evening in october someone had sent me a really strange direct message it was like a 200 followers account and the message was something along the lines of hi my name is rob I just turned 17 and I wanted to know if you lived at so-and-so because I'm soon going to be moving in and go to the town high school and I'm looking for friends there. It was obviously the town I lived in. I immediately thought something was wrong because there was nowhere on my profile where I said where I actually lived. But after doing a little bit of thinking, I remembered of a tweet that I made a couple of weeks ago about buses and I mentioned the city. So I then told myself he probably got it from the tweet. His age wasn't really that shocking because I've always been about two years ahead of my classmates. I was really bored though and as he was pretty polite, I had answered him. I told him that I did indeed live there and I go to the high school there. The discussion was honestly quite natural and we talked a lot that night. Mainly about the high school and about the food at the cafeteria, as well as the teachers. You know, that kind of thing. But as it was getting very late, he tried to interpose some pretty personal questions, like... Do you live far away from the school? Do you live in a house or an apartment? Do you live with both of your parents? There's five of you? You're not often home alone, are you? I never answered those questions because it was just way too shady for me, and fortunately he didn't insist. If he did, I probably would have blocked him then and there. On the next day, it was pretty much the same thing as before. We talked a lot, and he was still asking those really personal questions. So I decided to ask some of my own as well. He always answered with what seemed like honesty. I still didn't answer the questions about my house, though, because, I mean, he didn't really need to know all that. I believe it lasted for about two or three weeks, but it was enough for me to develop feelings for him. He was really handsome, super kind, and pretty much everything I needed. Because I was bullied for years and still even today, I tend to develop really strong feelings, but most importantly, I always put blind trust in people who are friendly to me. During October, we have a two weeks long vacation, and the day before back to school day, he had finally told me that he was coming to my high school, because he finally moved in with his mom. He asked me for a place that we could meet during the morning break. I was so happy and just so relieved to finally be able to meet him and I had told him to join me in the hall. But when he found out that there would be a lot of people around, he said that he would prefer a more isolated place because he was afraid he would have a hard time recognizing me and he didn't want to spend the break looking for me. It was a pretty good excuse for me. So I told him to meet me in the third floor bathroom because we weren't allowed to stay in there during the breaks and I knew no one would disturb us there in my head even though it was still a little bit creepy to me i mean i was in the school so i mean nothing could actually happen to me right next day it's back to school day i made myself pretty wore my best clothes and counted down the minutes and finally when the break time arrived i ran to the bathroom and then i waited when he arrived it was definitely him he wasn't a catfish He looked like his profile picture, but I still noticed that he seemed a little bit older than what he told me. I was thinking he looked more like 20 than 17. We talked a lot and we got along really well. I was really pleased and right at the end of the break, he had asked me to go get fast food with him for lunch. I said no because, well, I didn't have any money at the time and always refuse when people pay for me. I just don't like it. He seemed pretty disappointed, but he offered to walk me home after the classes. I explained that I have to take the bus, but that if he really wanted to, he could walk me to the bus stop. This kind of thing quickly became sort of a routine for us. We met in the third floor bathroom during the morning break and he would walk me to the bus stop after classes. A little surprising fact, I never actually saw him in any of the hallways nor at the cafeteria. But I kind of just thought at the time that the building was just really huge and that there was over 1,500 students in there. So if our schedules didn't coincide, there was no way we could meet each other. This little game had lasted until December, so almost a month and a half. On the 14th of December, it was a Thursday. I had started to complain about how lonely I was going to be that evening because my dad was abroad for work and my brother was always at his friend's house and also how my little sister was on a school trip and my mom had to work very late that night as well. It was honestly a really reckless thing of me to tell him this but after a few weeks I thought I could trust him. On that evening he had walked me to the bus stop. We both waited, I got in the bus and then I waved at him as I put on my earphones. I had about two stops before my house. It was about 5.45 p.m. in December, so it was already really dark outside. Right as I got off the bus, I had a really bad feeling. There was that very uncomfortable sensation on my stomach, and it kind of just felt like I was being observed. I decided to press pause on my music, but still kept on my earphones, so that if anyone was around me, they would think I couldn't hear anything. That's probably what saved my life that day. I lived in a suburban neighborhood that was very silent especially at night when i then heard footsteps behind me i then understood that i was right there was someone following me and i just knew he didn't have good intentions i could hear that he wasn't going any faster so he wasn't trying to catch up to me but i wasn't really sure how long it would last as quietly as possible i had tried to reach for my keys right in my pocket and when i finally pulled them out i ran I then ran as fast as I could. The best sprint of my life. I don't know how it worked, but I managed to open and close the door right before he could reach me. I then deactivated my alarm, which by the way did confirm that I was home alone. I then decided to take a look through the glass panel on the door. It's not a peephole, but an entire window, so I mean if someone really wants to see what's happening inside, they totally can. It was Rob. He was a few feet away from me, just looking at me with a really creepy face. He had actually followed me all the way to my home, probably with a car, and he was clearly not there for a chit-chat. To this day, I still don't know why I didn't call the police. I guess I was just totally paralyzed. For about a minute, we both just stared at each other. That's when I took back control over my body and ran into the kitchen to go get a knife. When I got back to the door... Rob was still there, he was banging against the door. For a minute, I started to really fear that the glass was going to break, but thankfully it didn't. That moment when I was pushing against the door, praying for it not to break while he was then kicking it harder and harder was the longest that I've ever experienced. After maybe about five minutes, he had then stopped, went around the house, knocking on every shutter, and then came back to the door. Rob looked really angry, but then right at that moment, My neighbor's car then reached my house and Rob ran away, probably thinking it was my mom coming home or something. Rob had probably sent me about a thousand messages on Twitter before I could block him. Then he deleted his account. Around this time, I thought I was done with this story. But shortly after, there were then some new accounts that had started to follow me. The ad on the names were a series of numbers and the first letter of his name. And as soon as I blocked one of them, yet another one would follow me. I ultimately decided just to delete my account because I just couldn't make it stop and it was just way too hard for me to endure. They were sending me like a ton of insulting DMs. It was bad. Later on, I had decided to talk to the people who were supposed to be Rob's classmates because I hadn't seen him in days, but not a single one of them ever even heard about Rob. Apparently, this guy was never even a student in my high school. That's why I never met him apart from our daily meetings. And that's also probably why he seems so old to me. Thankfully, I never heard from him again. But still to this day, I'm constantly asking myself what he wanted from me. And what on earth was he going to do to me that night? I'm just really fortunate I never found out.